Hello everybody and welcome to Bite-Sized Chunks of Faith. My name is John O'Pierce and in this podcast I want to share how having a Christian faith has brought hope and meaning and purpose to my life. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 117 of Bite-Sized Chunks of Faith. It's been lovely in recent weeks to have welcomed some new listeners to the podcast. Various people have got in touch who've just discovered the podcast. And if you're discovering the podcast for the first time this week, uh, you're especially welcome. And don't forget, all you need to do is hit like or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And they come straight into your inbox every week on a Monday morning. And we're delighted when people listen, they like and subscribe. It helps to also when people share episodes, it helps them to go further. And as we think in this podcast about why faith is important in our lives. This week, what I wanted to think a little bit about is the identity of the church. And sometimes the church has suffered from a bit of an identity crisis. Uh, We maybe don't feel so confident in the marketplace of the world as a whole and we're inclined to just get on and do our own thing quietly and sometimes it's hard for people who've no exposure or experience of the church to kind of engage with us and they wonder what are you guys all about and so I love the story that I heard recently about a man who uh, has a title in the Church of England he's called a canon and usually you get made a canon maybe when you've served over a number of years and it's like an honorary title and maybe you have to fulfill a certain role from time to time in a cathedral or something like that but this man uh, is a canon in the Church of England and he described an encounter that he had with somebody at an airport and he said this he said I find it really difficult to know what to say when people ask me what do you do if I say I'm a canon in the Church of England. That doesn't mean anything to most people. So he says, I've started being a little bit creative as I explain to people what I do. And then he describes an experience he had of of meeting a woman at Heathrow Airport. And they got chatting briefly about their travels. And just before they take off again, she asked him, so what do you do then? And he says, well, I work for a global enterprise and he said we have outlets in almost every country in the world. We run orphanages, homeless shelters, hospices, hospitals and we work in reconciliation. He said we also do justice work and basically we look after people from birth to death and we deal also in the area of behavioural alteration. She said wow really loud so that everyone turned round and she said what's it called then he said it's called the church have you heard of it so the church for all its faults does an amazing amount of good work and it is a pity very often that people only seem to focus on the negatives in our world today there are incredible needs and again it's hard to think of any better organisation to help those needs than the church. Half the world, around 3 billion people, can't read or write. Half of the people of the world live on less 
than £1.50 a day. They can't get a glass of clean water. And around 1.1 million children die each year of malaria. 10 million little girls are in child prostitution because their fathers need the money to buy bread for the rest of the family. 14 million children are orphaned because of preventable diseases. And those are not just statistics, because behind every one of those figures are real people with real stories. And perhaps the only one organisation in the world large enough to make a difference in those situations is the church. The global church is a massive organisation and it's broken up into many denominations and it follows all kinds of models. According to David Barrett's 40-year study in the World Christian Encyclopedia, there are 33,820 denominations in the world today. And a more recent study has actually put that figure at 39,338. And the reason for there being so many denominations is very simple. People are tribal. We like to have leaders, we like to meet in groups. Every group hopes to have one up on the other. But it is important, I think, as we speak about the church, to welcome different denominations and indeed all of the diversity within the church. That diversity is actually a pretty wonderful thing. And again, in the course of what I do, I've had the privilege at different times to speak in churches of different denominations. And it's lovely to enjoy the diversity of styles and God's rainbow of people, each responding to their convictions. And it is beautiful that people can have such choice and yet still belong to one global church, one church, but with each individual local church being a different expression of the wider family of God. So rather than always being critical, we need to celebrate our differences. We should appreciate the variety of music and styles, or there is an obvious danger of becoming proud and arrogant and thinking perhaps, you know, our church is vastly superior to that other crowd that meet down the road who do things very differently to us. But of course, our way is far better. I was told a lovely story about a renowned Christian speaker who had to travel to give a talk in Hawaii, in Honolulu. And in order to get to his destination, he was based in the United States, he had to fly across lots of different time zones before eventually arriving in Honolulu. And after his long and exhausting journey, he found himself, as people sometimes do when they cross lots of time zones, at three o'clock in the morning, wide awake in his hotel room and feeling really, really hungry. And in order to address this particular dilemma that he found himself in, he thought he would take a little walk around the hotel and see if there might be anywhere open that he might find some sort of snack in order to get him through to breakfast the next morning. 
So he wandered around and he found himself going up a, a side street. And on that street, he saw a light on and it turned out that it was an all night cafe or a diner. And I guess it's the sort of place that in Northern Ireland we might describe it as being like a, a greasy spoon. So he went in and he ordered himself a coffee and, and a donut and he was quietly tucking into the same when in came this group of women and they were they were pretty loud and they were quite vulgar and it became obvious to him after just a few minutes that they were actually prostitutes and so he kind of began to feel a little bit uncomfortable in that environment and he thought he'd better get himself finished and away off back to his hotel but before he finished he overheard this conversation where one of the women said to the lady sitting beside her she said you know it's my my birthday tomorrow and this other woman kind of sneered at her and said well what do you expect me to do about it are you expecting me to go and buy you a present and the other woman said no 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 she said I was don't be mean she said I'm, I'm only telling you tomorrow is my birthday and uh, off the, the girls went and eventually this speaker guy who was in the diner um, spoke to the owner as he was paying his bill and he said I, I overheard this conversation he said and, and he said it's uh, one of the girls birthdays tomorrow and he described the, the lady and, and uh, the owner said yep that'll be that'll be Agnes and he said she's a really nice girl but he said the others are, are a bit mean to her sometimes and the guy said well you know I think it's it's her birthday tomorrow maybe we should try and do something about it so he said I'm here because I've got to do some work in this city but he said in between the the, the speaking engagements that I have he said um, what if I were to buy some streamers and uh, and we might tr throw a little bit of a party for her and the guy said that sounds a great idea he called out his wife and he said you know this guy wants to throw a party uh, because he's heard it's it's Agnes's birthday and the, the owner's wife thought this was a great idea too she said I'll make a cake and um, she says I'll get the word around that there's going to be a party and so all these arrangements were made the speaker kind of guy he got a few streamers he made a little poster that said happy birthday and um, the owner's wife baked a cake and they got themselves into the cafe again because the owner had said they come in every night at the same time so they were all in situ for three o'clock in the morning and as the group of women came in the door um, the owner turned on the lights and he said surprise and they began to sing happy birthday and they sang happy birthday and this woman Agnes was just completely stunned by what happened she was like speechless and then all of a sudden out came the owner's wife with a cake and with candles and again she just couldn't speak and her eyes filled up with tears and um, and everybody was saying well will you not cut the cake so we can all have a piece of cake and she said well 
do you mind if I just look at it for a minute first? He said, I've never had a birthday cake before. So this woman took a good look at her cake and then the the owner's wife helped her to cut it into slices. Everybody had a slice cake, but there was still about half the cake left. And so uh, the woman, Agnes, whose birthday it was, said to everybody present, she said, she said, would you all mind if I were to take what's left of the cake home? And she said, I might be able to invite some other uh, neighbours and friends to come around later and share this amazing cake with me. She said, I've never had a cake like this before. And she said, it's just beautiful. So she gathered up what was left of the cake and she headed for home and she was carrying this cake like it was the most precious possession she had ever had. And off she went and she told them she'd be back in a very short time and they would go back out to work then. And I suppose at that moment in the gathering, everybody felt it was a little bit of an anticlimax, really, because they'd had this lovely cake, great celebration, happy birthday. Everybody was in good form. And suddenly the mood had seemed to change as, as the woman left and, and she was carrying this cake with such reverence. And everybody was kind of at a little bit of a loss to know what to do. And this um, speaker guy said, um, he said, would everybody mind, he said, if I said a prayer? And the owner said, a prayer? He said, what would you be wanting to do that for? And he said, well, I, I just kind of feel it would be a good thing to do at this moment in time. And the owner then got quite annoyed and he said, prayer? He said, are you some sort of a, a preacher or, or a church guy or something like that? And your man said, well, he said, well, I, I do a little bit of speaking in churches from time to time. And um, and then this fellow said, he said, so do you belong to a church then? And the speaker guy said, yeah, he said, I do. And he said, what, what sort of church is it that, that you belong to? And the speaker guy said, well, I belong to a church that loves to throw parties for prostitutes at three o'clock in the morning. And the owner of the cafe said, no, no, no. He said, there isn't such a thing as a church like that. Because he said, if there was, I would want to join. And I guess on many levels, that's the kind of perception most people have in our society of the church. That we are down on people who have had a difficult life. Or maybe there's a sense in which church people feel morally superior to others. And this speaker was kind of engaging in this way through a conversation he'd overheard and wanting to do something very uh, generous and graceful and lovely for somebody he didn't know. And maybe that's our challenge in society is, is how society perceives us. And yet the reality is that lots and lots of churches are doing fantastic work in their local communities. They're maybe the only voluntary agency that's doing anything to help uh, new mums, maybe through a toddler's group 
or it might be doing youth work and helping um, children in organizations or Sunday school or activities that run in people's church halls. Uh, maybe the church is the only organizations that's trying to gather older people together in groups or organizations. Uh, maybe they're trying to get women together, men together, and maybe they're trying to provide opportunities for worship, Bible study, teaching, community, craft, all sorts of things that are really good for people's mental health and getting them together. And maybe on lots of levels, those stories are, are not getting out there. And maybe fe people feel a little bit ashamed or they feel inadequate because compared to the brand spanking new community centres and facilities that are in our community, maybe our church buildings seem a little bit sort of faded and tired. Uh, or maybe uh, we feel our communities are increasingly filled with older people because younger people haven't engaged or, or want to be part of what we're doing. But as we think about the identity of the church, let's celebrate who we are and let's celebrate the differences that church groups are making in our society in very ordinary ways and indeed in very spectacular ways where, where things are being transformed. And again, I, I always feel really encouraged when I see churches doing really positive things in our community. And in the church I work in, again, I, I see um, different groups of volunteers from the church getting involved in local schools, helping with literacy. They're involved in, in supporting people who find school a difficult place to be and maybe offering outdoor activities for such people who find the school environment a difficult one to be in. Or maybe we find people, again, visiting people in their homes on behalf of the church or people who are praying or taking their neighbours to appointments, doing all sorts of amazing things in the name of Jesus and trying to share his love uh, in the things that they say, in the way that they use their resources and in trying to offer uh, messages of hope and life to those around us. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. And if you were kind enough to hit follow or subscribe or even leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, that'd be greatly appreciated. Join me again next week for another bite-sized chunk of faith.